0: and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at
1: eomega.org/slash thrive. February is just on the horizon. And for so many people, February is the month of love. I know for all of us we think about relationships, and how do we make a bad relationship good? How do we make a good relationship great? And what are some of the key elements in creating a truly loving relationship? Well, I'm excited to tell you today that I actually have my husband joining us for a truly ignited episode about life, love, and really what makes relationships work. Morgan Oaks is a high-performance coach, a chiropractor, a shamanic practitioner, and a professional speaker. I am so thrilled to have him join us today as we talk about the magic of love. I'm Stephanie James, psychotherapist and transformation coach, and you are listening to Igniting the Spark. Where each week we bring you inspirational guests to help you ignite your joy, happiness, and well-being. Together, we can illuminate the world.
2: I think this is our first uh, conversation, podcast conversation since we've been married. Every other this time, is, is like some random guy I'm talking to, then it was your boyfriend, and now, now this. Glad to be here.
1: Hey, I'm so excited to have you here. It's so fun. Morgan and I just got married this last July. So while we're new to marriage, we have been in relationship almost four years. And honestly, I think some of the fun stuff for us to talk about is we've both had a lot of relationship experience, and i think you and i both have learned a lot about what makes love work and what are some of the things that makes love in a continued fashion more difficult so morgan if you would talk a little bit about your own experience because i think one of the things that makes you really unique is that you were a bachelor for 48 years how did you make it to 48 years before you decided on getting married? A
2: lot of wisdom, I think, uh, kept me single that long. (laughs) No, honestly, I, you know, I always wanted to get married. I always wanted to have kids and I would get into these relationships that would uh, plateau or decline after the initial like love attraction phase. And I always thought I was the issue. I'm like, oh, I'm just not good in relationship or, oh, I need counseling to teach me how to meet this person's communication needs or you know so I always thought it was me and I would stay in these relationships trying to go like trying to recapture that thing that was there in the beginning or that I thought was there in the beginning and so but I would end up in these places where I'm like this is just not sustainable like this is not this is not a relationship I would want to bring kids into you know and so for me it was a lot of Good intention and false starts, I think. Uh, and a lot of trying to, like undo the things in me that probably weren't uh, going to be good in relationship and also getting better at spotting relationships with people that it wasn't that wasn't actually viable. like getting better at at seeing that so I can make smarter decisions. So it was just a lot of learning. And I just I was lucky enough that I had, some relationships that were longer than, uh, marriages I was aware of, you know, so I was staying in it and trying, but, uh, yeah, just lots of, lots of learning and lessons and a lot of like personal growth work on my own that had nothing to do with the other people, uh, so that I could be ready for this relationship with you that I obviously was waiting for.
1: Mm, Thank you. Yeah. I think for myself too, I have been a person historically that has been in love with love. You know, I can remember being a little girl all the way back when I was four years old at preschool academy and having a crush on one of the little boys on the playground. You know, I just wanting to be near him and not even knowing what that was besides this feeling of just feeling really happy and just this extra joy inside. But I think that I would I definitely, I mean, I was this boy, crazy little girl. And honestly, you know me, I mean, I just loved love and whether it was animals or nature or people, you know, I just was such a loving being. And I think though the default for me or what became sometimes really difficult in relationships for me is I would really be in love with love and not slow down enough to really get to know that person. And so, yeah, I'd find myself in a relationship. And like you were saying, once that kind of chemical cocktail in love feeling would wear off, then the hard work began. And oftentimes I'd find, oh, that person that I thought I was in love with isn't who I kind of had this optical delusion around, you know, or heart delusion around who they were and what a fit they were. So like you, you know, I've done a lot of personal growth. I did a lot of work in my relationships, also through counseling, through reading whatever resource books I could. A plug for that. I mean, some of the greatest books I've read are Stan Tatkin's book um, on We Do. All of his attachment theory books are incredible. As we know, John Gottman's work and also good old Harville Hendrix, you know, keeping the love you find some great references, but always trying to grow individually and as a human being. So I could also, at this point in our lives, have this level of relationship. And so I guess, Morgan, I'm curious for you, what defines this relationship as being different from other ones you've had?
2: Well, I want to touch on that book piece first as well, because I think books can be can throw us off the trail as well. I remember at one point I'm in this relationship and I'm trying to like figure out what's going on. It's like, oh, it's the, you know, well, what's her love language, right? What's of her five love languages, which one is hers? And can you feed her those types of fruits so that she's, you know, staying well nourished in your relationship? And I really struggled, right? Cause I'm like, oh, this book is, super famous everybody believes in it and I do believe in and uh that we have ways that we like to give and receive love but until I combined it with Don Miguel Ruiz's book on love it's not the four attachments it's the other one. And then in that book he says it's not somebody else's job to fill up your bathtub. Right. And so I can do as much love language appropriate offering as I can. But if the other person hasn't plugged all the holes in their own bathtub and if they don't know how to fill up their own bathtub, I'm always going to keep failing. Right. So I also think with all these books, like each author tends to like lean into this super hyper focused area. And I think we need to take it with a grain of salt as well. Cause in that relationship, I was the person that was wrong because I wasn't doing enough of the love language thing, whereas the combined, yes, give them their love language, but also is your partner filling up their own bathtub and can they do that? Um, Those two books combined gave me a major solution, whereas either one of them uh, wasn't enough. So I just, I've had that experience with books as well. So I like to do cross training with books and also take them with a grain of salt.
1: Well, great point. And the book you're referring to, Don Miguel Ruiz, it's The Mastery of Love. And yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, And I think, you know, to your point, I think that any book that we read that's on personal development, whether it's love or whether it's something internal, that we have to take with a grain of salt. And we also have to look at how we can integrate it and assimilate it into ourselves so that it really truly is a fit. You know, as a psychotherapist, I do feel like those reference books can be really highly effective, just as a parenting book can, that we're not going to parent exactly by the book. Um, But hopefully, as we read these books, we can kind of incorporate the pieces that really feel like, wow, this really resonates with me. And I also feel that it isn't to change our partners. It's to help ignite something within ourselves, because I think you really hit it when you said We can keep giving all the love and all the right signals or the right words, the right energy. And if that person has their plug out of their bathtub, it's just continually going down the drain and and they're never filled by whatever it is we offer. So I really do think what an important message that is, that as we're moving into loving relationships It's also about loving ourselves. And as we do this work for ourselves, we can become the best partner we can be. And our partner needs to be doing the same thing within themselves. So I think that's a great point for the listeners that part of truly having a healthy, loving relationship is both people doing their own work, filling their own bathtubs. And then when they get together, it's just one big hot tub party.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That's what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. Now, what was the uh, question you had put forth earlier? I didn't want to miss that point because no, I
1: think it's great. All
2: books can have a piece to the puzzle.
1: Yeah, I love that. Thank you for saying that. I think it's yeah, really important note. So, what I had asked about because I think it's important as people are looking for partners, oftentimes like the two of us jump into relationships. I'm not saying the two of us did this with each other, but in our past relationships, we jump into relationships sometimes. And then we're hearing like both of us kind of had like, Oh, when the veils lifted from our eyes or that chemical cocktail wears off, then it's like, Oh, this really isn't a fit. So I, I guess I was asking you you know, what makes our relationship different from others and with really highlighting, because I have something to add to after you speak about how we got together, because I feel like we didn't jump in. And there were some things that were very different about this relationship than other ones that I think would be really helpful, helpful for the listeners.
2: I, I think one of the first things was more like an intuition or energetic Right, Which can sound a little woo-woo, but ultimately it was, I wasn't thinking with my mind and it was something outside of my heart. It was more like, oh, there's something to notice here, right? And I didn't even know what it was, but I'm like, okay, be tracking something. Something's going on here that you're not aware of, so just stay open to it. So for me, it was listening to a different type of intuition, and I think the other piece was like, we, we started long distance, right? So we, you know, thought this might be a friendship. We were getting to have those good conversations without the pressure of, you know, a goodnight kiss, or, you know, do I need to, is this more than a hug when I say goodbye? Or, you know, so distance allowed us to kind of naturally uh, explore friendship and conversation and, and those things. And then even when we decided that this is more than friendship, um, again, we still, you know, we're at a distance, we saw each other a couple times a month, you know, so it really allowed the intellectual and emotional and conversational and all those other pieces to really develop a little more, to become a little bit more developed before the physical piece came in. Um, And I think that that probably helped to not, you know, just blast through a bunch of things that that many times may get missed. You know, and the other thing that I think at least for me was things are always going to come up, right? And it's not a hap- happily ever after and it's not all the yellow brick road, right? So it's like okay, as the things come up, how are you handling this? How are we handling this? And so for me just noticing like, oh, she's not overly dramatic and she's not avoidant of the important topics and Um, She can hold space for things that are difficult for her and difficult for me and difficult for us. You know, for me, that was a massive one. It's like, I want somebody that's done their work so that our relationship truly can be that 80-20 of like 80 amazing 20 work. You know, and I would say we're probably more like 95-5 or whatever, but just getting to then see, okay, on our camping trip, we're getting soaked in a rainstorm. Is she going to lose her mind? And ruin the rest of the trip or the rest of the day right and oh and then this thing goes a little bit sideways how does that get handled and then oh like you know as the stuff comes up i just was really happy to see oh like we can really handle this in a good way so for me those are some of the things that i think made our entry point to relationship unique and uh was beneficial i think for us at the time and um yeah and then some of the things that i noticed that helped me go okay you've been looking for her for a very long time, pay attention, you know, notice what you're noticing and and really appreciate it and and go from there.
1: Mm, I love that. Thank you. I, uh, I definitely think that there was something really beautiful to be in long distance, like you said. I just want to dovetail what you were saying because I think, you know, we did, we talked, we spoke every night on Zoom. For hours, our our first conversation was an hour, and then Morgan just as friends, and then Morgan had said, "Do you want to jump on a call?" A couple of days later, and we talked for four and a half hours that day, and our joke is we've never stopped talking since, and that was true. And I think those nightly conversations where we would just talk about the deepest things. We talked about our spirituality. We talked about our wounds, our joys. Peak experiences, family, past relationships. I mean, there was just a depth that was created that I feel like has led to this super deep friendship. And I have to say, again, as a therapist, clients hate when I say this, but I have said this forever Uh, for the last 17 years in private practice. I say, when you meet someone, take two months before you sleep with them. Because actually, when you have sex with someone, right away, that oxytocin is created, which is a bonding hormone. And then we get caught up in all of those chemicals. And because you and I kind of had this forced distance between us, we didn't even get to see each other in person for a couple months before we met for the first time. And we were already falling in love by the time we physically were together that first weekend.
2: Yeah. I didn't. I didn't know about your recommendation on that two month thing, and and it's interesting. Something I had realized for myself was uh, this other friend of mine that uh, is a, a therapist and a shamanic practitioner, and and also a friend. So we had a uh, a history. Like he knew who I was, and and we had a friendship, and and at one point he told me, he's like, dude, he's like, you have to be careful where you aim your attachment gun you know and i think i was somebody as a male in my 20s who didn't have any risk of attachment right i was so far on the opposite side of the spectrum of being worried about attachment that it wasn't an issue and i'd done all this work to like open my heart and to you know to be more feeling and to be more empathic and and so then what would happen is like you're saying there would be an intimacy and then i got overly attached too quick Right, so I had to be—he was like—be really careful about who you allow into your uh, energetic field or whatever, because you're more likely to get attached now, and then you lose some of your objectivity. Right, you start overlooking some of those things that then, in hindsight, you're like, "Oh, I realized in the first week or two that was there, but I uh, ignored it based on this this strong attachment." So, yeah, I think that's great advice.
1: Yeah, I love that. And, you know, the second piece is something that Stan Tatkin talks about, who is truly a, a phenomenal relationship therapist. One of the things he talks about is vetting your partner. So that means that you take your partner places with your friends, with your family, people you know, and you start getting other people's feedback. Not that you can't trust your own, but you know, the truth is if you're having sex right away, especially, then you are drunk, you are drunk on those chemicals, and so your perception, as you just said, Morgan, it's not the same. So I think when you take someone to your friends and you do events, like you were saying, like with even with the camping, you know, you're you're seeing this person in different situations. How are they? How are other people responding? And so, you know, right away. You and I were spending time with each other's friends, with each other's families, and I know the second time you came out here was for my birthday party, and I had tons of friends and family over, and you were so awesome. Um, I think that was for my 52nd birthday, and I... Did a flip on the trampoline in the backyard. And my birthday's in June. And so it was this beautiful summer day. And you just, I mean, my friends loved you immediately. You remember jumping on the trampoline with Kip and Jenny's son. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and wrestling with him. And so, you know, I mean, that to me was like this true testament of like, wow, like everybody loves him. Everybody was just like, he is awesome. And the two of you together are amazing.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I always think it's interesting when somebody hasn't introduced their significant other, or the person they're interested in to like their friend group and their families. And, and I like that idea of like cross training, like, even if we're not going to go camping all the time, like, are you okay with it? And you know, might be really easy to do a four or five hour date, but how is it overnight? How is it for like a two or three day thing where we're traveling? You know, just a couple months after that birthday, uh, I think it was my mom's birthday. And we did like a probably like a 14 hour road trip. And, you know, you would like drive two hours, hike a, a mountain, drive two hours, you know, have this other micro adventure and you know, and you just, you can't hide for that amount of time and the truth tends to surface and, and you see how people deal with different, different settings. So I think all those things are, uh, were important for me. Uh, but also I think they're a recommendation, best recommendation I would give to others to like, yeah, really figure out who this person is. And, you know, if it, uh, if it works in those rainstorms, you know, it's probably going to be a lot easier for the day-to-day grind that ends up happening
1: yeah, totally agree with that. You know, and you bring up another really important point. and I know we live in this society where people aren't necessarily in the same community as their family. And yet you cannot get away from the fact that you are going to be in relationship with that person's family, especially if you get married, you know, So if you hang out with their family and it is horrific, or you observe your partner treating their their, uh, siblings or their parents horribly, pay attention. You know, I have to say one of the things on that exact trip that I fell in love with was the fact you are and are, you just are, not just were, but are such an incredible son and brother to your sister, just like very loving and attentive and in tune. And there was so much joy on that trip as we were stopping and hiking and looking at the birds. And you can just remember so many different little moments taking that hike where we went up and saw that little broken down like miner's cabin. Um, there were just really precious moments. And so I think that's an important thing for people to pay attention to as well. You know, it's like, it's got to be this perfect blend, right? Of like heart head. It's like this mind, body, soul coming together. And yeah, dating's great and it's fun, but once you get want to get serious with someone, it takes everything to a much deeper level where the fit, if we don't want to end up divorced 22 times, like some of us, we have to really think about these things, right? There's there's all these different things that really need to align so that you can have a continued relationship and continue to experience this inc- you know, great and incredible love in your life.
2: Yeah. and And there's a fine line, right? If you're like putting this person through all these tests, like if they don't show up perfect at this dinner party and if they don't show up perfect, you know, without makeup for three days in the mountains or, you know, I don't think of it as like these hardcore tests, but I do believe in cross-training. And I do believe, at least in considering the statement, how you do anything is how you do everything, right? And it's not 100% true, of course. And I think it's worth considering. And I, I remember dating somebody that spoke so horribly about her father. And I'm like, at some point, she's going to be describing me that way to her friends. I'm like, and I was like, I'm out. And I remember another lady that yelled at our waitress on like a first or second date. And I'm like, for something simple, like the wine was corked, right? Which just happens. It's not like this person was a horrible person, the waitress. Something happened that always happens. And I was like, oh, I I can't date this person. Like, they're just not kind to to people in their life on like this really passive level. And so I, I just like the idea of just paying attention to all those things. And And again, for you as well, like, I love how you treat your family, you know? And I always joke with people, it was never on my Christmas or marriage wish list to have in-laws live six blocks away, but that's what I ended up with. And your family's amazing. So I... I love seeing them. There's times where I'm like, hey, we should go have, you know, coffee with your parents, or hey, <laughs> should we, you know, do this thing with them? And it's never what I thought I would want, but it's been the biggest gift because, you know, in addition to this relationship that I have with you, I have, you know, 12 other relationships that I'm really grateful for and appreciated. It's enriched my life. Right. And so, you know, I think it's it is important to test all those things. And I know some people see their families for, you know, about 18 hours for Christmas and that's all they do and that's enough for them and that's okay as well. And for you and I, both of us are close to our families and it's, for me, that was just another uh, in the positive column for you and for us. And then also seeing how my mom and sister love you and seeing how you love my mom and sister. One last thing, like I remember I was, you know, I was out of town for three months <laughs> doing my spiritual walkabout in Central America after we had, uh, uh, moved in together and you're like, oh, your mom and I are going to these botanical gardens. And like, you had this adventure with her. She traveled, you know, three hours to come spend time with you outside of anything to do with me. And I was like, oh, wow. That again was like, yeah, that's, that's the life I want.
0: Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org
1: thrive. So circling back, because I always like to like highlight some points, and I think one of the things that you said is when you're vetting your potential partners, or even as you're dating, let's say, as you're dating, yes, you know what? The human experience is messy, right? So not to expect that person to be perfect. They might have an off day. They might not be feeling well. We, we don't always show up as our best. And to pay attention to the red flags when they do fly. You know, I I remember Maria Banford, who if people don't know her, she's a hilarious comedian and she has bipolar. And when she talks about herself, she said, people, when they meet me, I'm just, you know, I'm not just a red flag. I'm a red flag factory, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So we want to pay attention to the red flags and people that are truly red flag factories. And I'm curious when when you're talking about, you know, the way someone does something is the way they do everything. I'm curious then, what did you make of that night when we were up in Wiggins Fork and it started pouring rain and I was trying to push a mattress that was blown up and was obviously way too humongous to fit in the entrance of that tent into the tent And got it jammed as we're both soaking wet in this pouring rain. How did you interpret that? (laughs)
2: So for a little backstory, I flew, what, three hours and then drove an hour to get to where you lived. And at that point, you're like, we're going to put this inflatable mattress in this tent. And I'm like, that's never going to work. Like I knew from moment one. So I'm like, yeah, all right, let's let's do this. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna stay curious and open. Let's just see how this plays out. I know it's not going to. But then we drive what six hours? Would you say we uh, drive seven, an extra seven? Seven hours, mm-hmm. and then we get there and it's dark, and it's like right on the edge. You know it's going to rain at some point. You're hoping you make it. So we throw up the tent. And fill up this air mattress. And then we have to walk it through the forest, probably like, I don't know, 100 feet or something. Yeah. And and then the rain starts like lightly showing up. And like within 30 seconds, it's a downpour. And we're like halfway in the tent. And I'm like, you're on the inside of the tent. I'm on the outside. I'm getting drenched. I'm like, there's no way this is going to fit. And there was just like this curiosity and patience of like, okay, how can we... Come to the same conclusion without me like telling you you were wrong, or I mean, it was early in our relationship, so we were just like, I was staying curious with that. What I learned about you is you're spatially um, inadequate (laughs) at times, your spatial awareness is inadequate (laughs) at times, and uh, there's still times where I'm like, oh. You're going to, all right, let's see how that goes. And I'll let you know that it's probably not going to work, but I'm open to a positive outcome. Uh, (laughs) so, I mean, obviously it's a very funny story. If I was going to get, if I was a witch and I was going to melt in the rain, I probably would have had stronger boundaries around that. But, uh, Anyway, I think there's something about like, things are going to go sideways and can you handle it? Okay. And then as our relationship is developed, there's places where I'm like, I don't know, you're smarter than I am in this area. I'm just going to defer to you. And there's other times where I'm like, you're spatially inadequate at times. (laughs) So let's, uh, let's have more of a, can we have a backup plan? Can we try this before we drive out there?
1: (laughs) I would like to say I'm spatially optimistic. Oh, that's Instead, another <laughs> I, I mean, would optimistic say
2: optimistic in many ways, including
1: spatially. <laughs> so. so I think that's great though. That's that's such a great story. And I'm so glad you shared the whole thing because that was to me actually, um, it was one of many times that you have continued to show up and be curious in the last four years and to be open. And I, I love that sense of us. Both of us have a great sense of adventure. And so we can get into something and neither one of us lose our shit. You know, we get into something and we're both very like, OK, let's see what's going to happen. And we just stay cool and we look at the options. So there's something beautiful in relationship and definitely in ours around that flexibility and that ability to kind of play, you know, out the scenario and just stay curious about, OK, there's other options here. And we're, we're both pretty darn optimistic people, I'd have to say, too
2: well, and and some of these like I like frameworks and I like statements, right? You could spend what uh, Wayne Dyer spent an entire year going through the Tao, the right? He spent a day or maybe like three or four days on each of those simple statements, right and I'm going to really consider that. and so I like things like that, and that statement of like, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy right because i I could have had an intense desire to be right and make you wrong and win. And I would have stayed drier on that trip, to be honest. But like, you know, allowing for like, I'm like, yeah, this is where Stephanie's really smart. Like I'm going to have an opinion, but I'm also going to defer to her and we'll see how it plays out. Or there's really no consequences in this. So yeah, let's just see what happens. Or, or yeah, like I am, I have some massive apprehension around this and I'm going to really express it so that we can tiptoe into this so you're really aware of where I'm coming from and so i think there's that piece of like curiosity openness um not needing to be right um and not not every decision is a 10 out of 10 on the important on this planet decision scale so
1: for sure yeah. for sure and you know that reminds me of when i had bruce lipton on the show he was speaking about he and margaret's relationship And at the beginning of their relationship where they had fought quite a bit, and he said, really, actually, it was her at one point. They'd gotten in a big fight, and she went into the bathroom and just looked at herself in the mirror and said, do I want to be right or do I want to be in love? And that doesn't mean that you just, you know, always are are bowing down or you're saying, oh, yeah, I'm just going to acquiesce to my partner's wishes, But I think each one of us have this internal question. If we can take the power of the pause when we get into something heated and say, okay, I want to drop out of my head and into my heart here. Am I just fighting to be right? Or is there a different way to look at this? And do I need to take some space so I can truly be in my heart and communicate where I'm actually responding to my partner instead of reacting out of this? Again, this chemical response, which my brain has become activated and I'm in fight or flight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think it all comes back to like doing your work, right? There's times where I'll feel something come up and I'm like, this has nothing to do with her. And sometimes I tell you in the moment, like, hey, I'm probably being a little weird. Here's what's going on. Sometimes I'm like, um, you are somebody that just naturally expresses and experiences so much joy, that I'm like to myself, I'm like, listen, dude, don't mess this up for her, whatever that moment might be. And so part of my job is like, yeah, keep it down, be in the moment, have fun, don't blow this out of the water based on your own experience of it. And then later, maybe I share it with a counselor, or I go walk around a lake, or I journal, or I come back to you a few days later, and I'm like, hey, here's what I experienced. Here's why I didn't say anything in the moment. I didn't want to like mess up your positive experience. Um, and then here's where I'm at. And even there's times I've come to you where I'm like, I don't even have the answer right now. I just know that something's off in me and I don't think it's actually about you, but help me with this, right? So I think there's something about like, you know, um, just having that self-awareness so that you not every... You know, not everything needs to be a landmine. It can just be a like, oh, wow, I stumbled a little bit there, but I didn't fall.
1: I think that's been one of the powerful things for both of us. One of the things for me that's been really helpful and when I'm doing couples counseling, I oftentimes tell my couples about this tool to really diffuse things. Because uh, when you were just saying landmines, you know, it it reminded me that's oftentimes a code word. I've had couples use when they realize they're in that kind of territory with one another, and something's been activated. That you can use a word, you can say something like landmine, or I think I had uh, a couple there's was like cheeseburger, you know, just like <laughs> randomly, you know, like so. I mean, it can be whatever it is that signals to your partner, like okay. I know I'm activated. I need to take a time out, And let's, you know, this is important. So let's come back to it. And, you know, we can't always in the moment, if we've really been activated, access our logic, you know, or our lovely prefrontal cortex, which is helping us to self-soothe and then articulate our feelings. I do though think it can be really powerful and helpful if we can learn to tell our partners as you've experienced with me sometimes, Morgan, when I say, wow, I just, I'm aware that I'm really activated and like, I need to take some time. I think that is one of the most powerful things we can do is tell our partners like, yeah, this is about me. And, you know, I I don't want to project this all on you, or I don't want to be angry with you. I need to figure it out and let's come back and talk about it. Of course, you know, and that being the biggest key, I think to all of this, you know, unfortunately we're going to have to wrap up. And I think, you know, coming back to some of the essential tools here, I think through all of this part of what we're talking about is the art of communication, you know, and and just being real, because even though you and I have truly an incredible relationship and incredible love, it hasn't been without bumps, you know, life is messy and love is messy. And I want to make sure that we're communicating that to the audience, and. If you can have those inner conversations and figure out what's going on within you, and I love Morgan, how you're so pro forward and in, in expressing like, yeah, there's times where we all need to talk to our therapist or we need to maybe go to a spiritual healer or we need to do journaling or take a walk in nature, whatever that inner work is, so that we can more efficiently and effectively communicate truly with our partners. You know, we think about this and it's like none of us look at life through the same lens. You know, our life lens is colored by all of our past experiences, our own limiting beliefs, you know, and so we're not even seeing our partners clearly. So as we do our own growth work and our own healing work, it's like we're clearing off that lens over and over again so that we can more clearly see, communicate, and appreciate who we're with.
2: I agree. I like it.
1: Thanks. I'm, I'm, <laughs> g- I'm glad you're buying that because sure, uh...
2: indubitably. <laughs> yes, ma'am.
1: Okay, good. That is that's the perfect answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Morgan, you know, in wrapping up, I am curious though, for you, and you can totally say this candidly. What do you think are the elements though that make this relationship great? What what make this relationship work?
2: I'm confused. I thought you said beforehand not to be candid, and now you're saying I should be.
1: Uh, I don't remember saying. I'd be don't honest be or candid. not honest.
2: Authentic, not authentic.
1: <laughs> we're not talking about what we talked about before
2: <laughs> the interview. Right.
1: There were so certain that's... topics I told told Morgan were off limits.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so I think this before is, we is got the in. first thing: is that like both you and I really appreciate humor, and we keep a lot of a lot of humor in the relationship. I, honestly, i was... I already forgot what the question was, but in general, I just think that, yeah, most of us want to be in a relationship, you know, and relationships need held gently, even the ones that are so easy in the beginning, you know, as those layers come off, like you need to hold them with, with tender hands. And, you know, that idea of like, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them, you know, and there's times where our partner will be like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. And you know they're not good, right? And so how can you like hold that softly and come in? And, um, you know, so I think just really being aware that I also think people are like, oh, well, it wasn't 100% perfect. So this isn't my right person. I'm going to bounce and keep looking for the next one. And they keep bringing their wounds and their foibles and their, you know, cloudy mirror, their, you know, not clear glasses to the next relationship. And so... I think just having patience and and really sticking in it for the things that people are truly wanting and and what makes ours work is we've both done a ton of personal growth work and healing and ceremony coming into this. You know, we truly tried to become the people that we wanted to be in relationship with, as opposed to expecting that other person to complete it. So be doing your work. If you want a relationship, if you're in a relationship, if you're just getting out of a relationship, it's probably time for some reflection and work. That's, I think, a big thing for both of us. Uh, Really good communication, uh, learning the styles that apply to each person, right? We're not in relationship with each other the way we were with other people. We're We're in relationship with the person that's in front of us right and i have this big like capital s stephanie version of like oh here's who i'm in relationship base case best case scenario right but i'm also in relationship with the you that's 13 and the you that's 18 and the you that a previous relationship didn't work out and you know all of these different pieces and so i just think it's being present doing the work staying loving, I also know that you can say or do one thing in a relationship that can be difficult, if not impossible to erase, right? So making sure that those lines don't get crossed. And and then once something goes sideways, just being fully present for all the cleanup work. So it's a really messy answer. Ultimately I say, we've done our personal growth work and I want for you what you want for yourself in your in your health, in your personal growth, in your relationship with your family, in your business career. And I try to show up and be a good partner to support those things while at the same time maintaining my own sovereignty and wanting my own things for myself as well.
1: I think that's really the duality that's so important in relationship. You know, it really is learning to love unconditionally and accept another person while at the same time, truly learning how to love and deeply accept yourself. And so that's going to take lots of forms along the way. You know, Morgan Oaks, so happy to have you on the show. So happy to be your wife. Thanks for joining me in this episode and sharing all these little fun tidbits, truly, that are really what, what love's about. And... Yeah, I'm thankful for you, and thankful that that we keep on keeping on, and and that this journey continues.
2: I'm thankful to be keeping on, keeping on as well, there, little partner. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I love you. I'm grateful for you. Always happy to hear about you know the people that you're interviewing and the wonderful things you're doing in the world, and and to be able to uh, have this conversation with you. Uh, a little more public, publicly is is fun to do as well. So really grateful for you.
1: thanks, Morgan, hey, audience. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Igniting the Spark. It was really fun to have my hubby on the show. It was really, so fun to talk about some of the things that we've done together that have really created our relationship. And some of those things were about when we first got together, we talked about being able to just take your time as you meet someone and not rush into a relationship. One of the important parts can be really waiting to have sex, even though sex is a great part of any relationship. If you wait two months, what you're doing is you're giving the emotional part of your brain a chance to grow. And you're not just focusing on the bonding hormone, oxytocin, which is released during sex and getting prematurely connected to someone who you might not want to continue in relationship with. So we're in this immediate gratification society. And I know relationships go fast, life goes fast and it's okay to pause and to take your time and to really really get to know that person as a friend, as a confidant, as someone that you bring around friends and family to really know that this person's going to be a fit in your life. And then Morgan and I talked about some of the elements that helps relationships to continue. And for both of us, it was that sense of really digging in and doing your own work first. You know, we can look really good alone, Lord knows. And then we get in relationship and all of our issues come up. I always say love brings up anything unlike itself for the purpose of being healed. So know that when you're in relationship, it is going to get messy. And that's also part of the beautiful thing. It's part of what helps us heal even more deeply. So through communication, through doing your own work, through showing up and being present, Through really growing in attention and attunement. I think showing inquiry and interest, um, you know, so many of these things can help us to really continue the love in our lives. So I am wishing you so much love in your life. And to know that there is an infinite supply of love. If you have loved and lost, love is still available to you. And you can continue the journey of love. So thank you so much for listening. Sending lots of love to you. You have been listening to Igniting the Spark with Stephanie James. Thank you so much for listening. And a special thanks to my amazing and magical producer, Tony Ficini. You can find Igniting the Spark on all podcast platforms, so make sure you subscribe so you get every inspirational episode. For more information about this show, my books, my films, and my upcoming events, go to stephaniejames.world and ignite your best life.